0: We're back, Chomp Nation! We're still out of the cage. Leash is off. Shay has left us to the dogs, which is really irresponsible of him because we have no idea what we're doing. Um, All the cats away. The mice will play. That's a thing that people say. I rhymed again. That was unintentional. I feel bad about it, if I'm being honest. Um, Before we talk about the topic and all that fun stuff, I'm... Rich Meister hosting duty has fallen to me. I apologize. As a break for applause because I'm being so humble. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I'm here. I'm also joined yet again by one Joshua Fowler. Josh, what's going on?
1: Not much. Not much. Trying to hold down the fort here. The family. Gone. Kind of relaxing a little bit uh, sure, but uh, kind of need it after how hectic it was trying to get that many people ready
0: to uh, to get out the door all at once So, sure, you would use the piece, I'm sure just pour a whiskey and hang out mhm, mhm nothing wrong with that, nothing wrong with that a little quiet week um, we are also joined by a guest who, it's going to be very clear why he's here once I say what the topic is uh Ray McGill is here, uh co-host of Chomping at the Bits, contributing writer for Sword Chomp Ray. What's up, man?
2: I apologize in advance. There's a lot to say. I have a lot to say.
0: Just have so many opinions.
2: But when it comes to the topic, yeah. A lot.
0: Good. Opinions are good. That's what you're here for. Opinions too. are not good. Uh not yours. No, mine are terrible. Universally. Yeah, yours are pretty bad um on the whole like preparation Glover,
2: Glover should be reimagined as a first person shooter
0: Glover should be reimagined as a sock to appeal to foot fetishes soccer would that just be called soccer no that's a the sports ball
2: So no, well, well we've, the European release could just be called football that's that's uh,
0: no it's more confusing I think it's fine <laughs> Swordchomp presents soccer no not the sport in like brackets after it.
2: yeah the uh-huh. the, the whole
0: box is just a title of like it's, really, it's yeah exactly oh beautiful beautiful but um yeah we got a lot to talk about today um in terms of games Josh is going to be talking about the play date with us because he's finally got that in his hands he's had it for a little bit but he's gonna be giving us a breakdown of some of the stuff he's been playing on it A few more thoughts on Stray for anyone who wants to hear what we think about that. I'm going to be talking a little bit about Tectonica, and Ray might have some thoughts on that as well, so that could be interesting. And I'm also going to be talking about Video Horror Society, which is a game I have sunk a lot of time into this week, um, and I'm actually eager to talk about a little bit. But before all that, we got a topic to discuss. Uh, For anyone who is plugged into the video game social medias, uh, in between all the posts about wrestling, you might have seen Atlas was doing a poll uh, basically asking which of their games people would most want to see a remake of. What ended up happening was the Persona 2 duology and Persona 3 tied that poll for the number one. So we decided since Shay is not the, the Persona guy on the cast, and he's away. This was our only opportunity to make the topic about Persona. So, we're going to just narrow it down even further, and we are going to talk. Guys, what is the Persona game that most deserves the full remake treatment? And I'm talking, like, Final Fantasy VII remake scale. Like, that's the kind of budget we're working with. Like, build it from the ground up, baby. What What deserves it?
2: I do need to ask before we start, though. Yeah. The person that actually has access to Japanese high schools cares the least about Persona.
0: It's crazy, right? Yeah, weird. Well, I guess maybe that's the thing, right? He doesn't need Persona. He's limited. I don't... I
2: mean, are there demons there?
0: Uh, I think so. his students killed God once. Okay, well, I mean... Josh, Ch- pre- can you confirm it? that? Shay's students killed God, right? I'm trying to remember if that was his
1: students or if it was if it might have been the uh, class across the hall (laughs) yeah yeah i remember hearing the story but it i don't know some of the some of the details sounded vague and i don't know if that's you know because it was slightly more secondhand or or what the deal was there if it was just one of those sort of eldritch unknowable things that you know it's going to be vague no matter how close you are to the situation
0: the point is japanese children killed a deity Mm Excellent.
2: And I guess actually, I guess Shay would actually least want to be part of a Persona thing, because in Persona, the adult
0: teachers are usually part of the problem. Yeah, typically, typically. Mm -hmm. There's very rarely. um... The teachers are either innocuous or just straight up problematic.
1: Yeah. 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 Speaking
2: of which, which game with problematic teachers should be remade?
0: Yes, that's perfect. Um, I did a post about this on Twitter, and there's a lot of, like, Persona 5 imagery in that. I'm gonna go out on a limb and say, I was even going to, like, skew pure, pure earlier and go, like, 1 through 3 we're talking, but I think 4 is fair game. Uh, just obviously 5. <laughs> there's no reason for 5 to be in the conversation. That game's pretty new. I don't know if anyone's familiar with it. I don't know. I think they need to up the style factor for
2: that game. It was very plain.
0: <laughs> it's over. It's yeah. It's it's just it doesn't stand out. I mean, it could be any RPG.
2: Yeah, seriously. Um, it looks like RPG Maker, I guess. I don't know.
0: But hell yeah, let's get into this. Um, I mean, obviously our our opinions can change as we go, but I'm just gonna throw the Josh first. Top of your head for this topic, what do you what do you think is the Persona game most needing a ground up overhaul?
1: Um. My my initial thought, kind of coming into this, was the the Persona Two duology games. Since there yeah. are two of them,
0: I'm going to go Con- out on a limb and say, if we're talking Persona Two, let's just like talk Can- about it in terms it as of one both. game. Yeah, even if they're not remade as one game, like you're not going to remake one without the other because what is the point in that?
1: Yeah, I kind of feel. Well, my my initial point was, you know, the game was larger than they knew what to do with and split it into sort of a thing but then again that's not much of a reason to update it considering they did the exact same thing with 3 and then 4 and then 5 where the story is you know finished on the second disc a year later it's just sure. that they also include that uh, I, that original I, game on the second disc when they do it
0: yeah i guess the difference there would be with 3 and 4 and even 5 um it just kind of felt like new content, like the stories still conclude in those original games, whereas yeah. two is just straight up c- a cut in half. Yes, yeah.
1: Um, but anyway, I wanted to be snarky. Uh I I still think there's a good argument to be made for two, though, because of how it is split in half. Um, like I I really do think that for a remake situation, it makes more sense to just put it back together. Um like I understand that would be probably a little more work because of the, you know making the difficulty curve work as an actual cohesive whole instead of
0: two different games. a lot of rebalancing that comes with yeah, that. Yeah.
1: But I kind of feel like if you're doing anything 3 or earlier there's probably a decent amount of rebalancing that needs to happen regardless, regardless. Yeah. um so that might be less work.
0: especially if you're cuz here's my like thought if we talk if we're talking 1 or 2 yeah i'd imagine you want to bring in some elements from the later games because those are the ones that are popular you know like social links and things like that don't come along yeah. until Persona 3, and I feel like putting the Persona name on something now, if it it doesn't have all those elements, something's going to feel weird. But at that point, you're talking about really, really restructuring Persona 1 or Persona 2. Yeah, that's kind of why I was thinking,
1: another reason I was thinking, too, because if it is already stitched together, people are going to understand it's got to be changed a decent amount, so they're going to expect that going in. Yeah. Um, So it, I think, it allows you a little more freedom to mess with the formula, whereas if you remade one, messing with it too much might, uh, you know, anger some diehard fans. But what about Mark? What do
0: you do about Mark? I don't know. No one.
2: They already fixed that. Like the PSP remake. The PSP remake already
0: fixed that problem, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess it did. I never. Yeah, the PSP one, I believe, is the only one I put time into, anyway. But I mean, we'll we'll cycle back around because I kind of want to Ray like impulse wise, what are what are you thinking is the one that's probably most needing,
2: most deserving? I can tell you because I actually started writing an article that I never finished like two weeks ago about this, even before I knew about the poll. Was Persona Three, I think, needs to be remade more than any of the others for a very simple reason and that's because it had three releases it had the original Mm. it had fes and then it had persona 3 portable which then allowed you to play as the female protagonist which i am currently doing i'm playing the psp version on my steam deck as the female protagonist because i've never gotten through a full playthrough of that yeah and it has better music a totally like Rebalanced script because now a lot of the interactions are different.
0: Yeah, I I have having beat the original and having beat the bad version as the female protagonist can say, it's I don't even know because it was so far away from the original time I played Persona Three if it is quote unquote superior, but it's just so different that it seems so worth it.
2: Also, it's worth revisiting for a couple of reasons. A for Persona Three Portable you have that like cursor system because they couldn't handle you like walking through the environments on the PSP. Yes. So they could then redo the female scenario to where you could actually play through the
0: full game cuz you never got to do that. Explore the yeah, basically in Persona 3 Portable, whenever you're in an environment, you're just clicking on icons and kind of looking at a backdrop.
2: Yeah, to mouse cursor, and they do a good yeah. job. It's actually, like, a good solution.
0: It's actually very efficient, which is the funny part, and, like, points in that game that would, might feel otherwise tedious, you can kind of breeze through, because you're just like, oh, here's the person I need to talk to. Like, yeah. let's move it along. Like, there's something to be yeah. said for it, in all honesty. But hmm. then
2: also, Persona 3 Portable did something the other Persona 3 releases didn't do, where, borrowing from Persona 4, you can make it so your AI companions, you command them directly. Yes. But they didn't redo the difficulty for that, which makes it very easy when you turn that on. Yeah, yeah, the game's incredibly easy because they're they're still assuming
0: your party members are borderline brain dead. Yes, they're assuming June gonna just keep using melee attacks until he kills himself.
2: Yeah, it's like oh, this guy reflects melee attacks. Time to keep on slamming with my sword. Oh, Mitsuru, Marin, Kirin, Marin, Kirin, Marin, Kirin.
0: Yeah, there's something crazy about um, starting that game and having your only like healer in your party. Just, like, healing at random instead of one you'd like, and part of me is grateful they didn't rebalance it, because I'm like, this is a breeze now, and it's relaxing, and also that game is, the original game is very hard for that exact reason, that random element to your own party, Yeah, well, you can only count on the main character.
2: And there's a lot of stuff left to rebalance, so you were bringing up about how the social links were introduced in 3, they weren't the best done in that game, 4 and 5 expanded on ways that they're useful. So then they could yeah. rejigger those social link systems and be like, okay, what lessons did we learn and how could we do it better?
0: Yeah, you yeah, know, there's absolutely.
2: A lot, there's a lot going on there. And then also, frankly, um, it's not that it would be easy to make because there would still be a huge amount of asset generation, but I feel like we already kind of know what it would look like because if they made it, if they made the characters look like the characters from Persona 3 dancing in Moonlight, I don't think anyone would really be complaining about that. Yeah. No, certainly not. So, yeah, that that's really my answer, because, like, you have to take the answer scenario. I think the answer needs to be there from
0: FES. Yes, the the scenario where you play is, I guess, after the main story that, as Josh alluded to earlier, three, four, five all have these like re-releases that add significant content. Yeah,
1: yeah. It, yeah. I, I'd completely forgotten about the portable version of three. Basically, and it's the best version. Yeah, yeah. Um, despite
0: it not having that extra content, uh-huh. it is like leaps and bounds the best ver. That's the version that's coming to modern yeah, consoles. That is Persona Three Portable. Yeah
2: yes it's not it's not fes so the funny thing is and then also that's another failing of that re-release of that because then people will still not be able to play the answer which is what was added to persona 3 fes
1: on the ps2 yes yeah no that could that game kind of for the same reason like it It needs to be stitched back together and then to making, you know, like a a cohesive whole of all the parts that are there already. There are parts
0: of FES that, like, just need to be tacked on to the superior version, and the superior version needs to be updated in the ways that make it feel more fleshed out. I would love to hear
2: that female scenario music in, like, more HD, like, because the new music that was added was absolutely amazing.
0: Yeah, and, um,. I guess skip ahead like a minute or so here if you don't want to hear this, because if it wasn't clear, my pick is also Persona 3. So I'm just going to keep adding on to things Ray said here because I have some other points as well. Um, So skip ahead a minute or two. Um, Also, this is the topic of the show. Yeah. Per- so Persona, remake. you, may, you per- may
1: have expected spoilers coming into
0: this. Yeah, probably. In Persona 3, one of the characters, Shinjiro, dies. Um, Wait, Shinji dies? Yes, I uh, but for the been record grinding with the time. As, yeah, the best joke in the world. Uh, the first time I was playing Persona 3, I'm talking to Ray, who has already beaten that game in the past, and we're talking about it, and I talked about how I just got shinji, and I've been grinding, and he just goes to me, "Maybe you don't grind so much with Shinji." <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah <laughs> Shinjiro dies at one point in the story, um, and when you are playing as the female protagonist, you have a social link with Shinjiro, and by getting it to level 10 you are you can enter a relationship with Shinjiro. If you get his social link to level 10, and I think you do have to be in a relationship with him as well, he does not die. He simply gets put in a coma, and it's alluded at the end that he is waking up. But like, So it's like a soap opera. Yes. Ex- like The thing is, he doesn't have a bigger role in the story anymore, but like... I'm sorry, not anymore. He doesn't have a more significant role in the story or anything, but he doesn't die. So you literally alter the fate of a character um through the power of love and un- yes another large element tied to that is Akihiko who is Shinji's like closest friend in the game uh in the original Persona 3 his persona evolves when he attends Shinji's funeral and has this monologue in the female protagonist version the same thing happens but with uh Akihiko instead being like I need to avenge him he's at the hospital visiting him and being like I need to be strong for him and you know Finish this fight to make sure he's safe and all that. And I just, it's a significant change. It's interesting.
2: I actually yeah. want to ask you guys a question about that now that we're getting into personas evolving. How do you prefer persona evolution? Do you think it should be based off the story and unavoidable, or should it be based on social link, like what Four did?
0: I am a fan of what Five uh, of Royale did. Which there being two evolutions? Well, four golden did that as well. Yeah, yeah. I I'm a fan of the. But like, I think you can kind of like split the part difference. Part of the way through
1: the story, you get the
0: like a natural story evolution, yeah. and then kind of an extra cherry on top evolution. I'm a fan of that idea.
1: Yeah, yeah. That makes the most sense. Um, yeah, it's kind for rewarding.
0: You know, putting. But also social link and story evolution are kind of the same thing because it's basically like, well, X Akihiko's persona evolves if you see his story all the way through, like arguably. But I I get the difference. But
1: since they all usually have their own dungeon, it kind of feels like the resolution of that is a good spot to have. Oh, hey, big character development moment. Like maybe we the persona evolves at the end of this sort of a thing. Um, Sure. Maybe not that strictly every time because it would be a little bit but no no it's definitely but... a
0: device you can use for some of the characters yeah um
2: well i mean because i think about like especially uh shinji and akihiko and their stories are tied to each other so like rich is bringing up he wants to avenge him and stuff even and i only realized this recently by reading through smt wikis because i have i have no life um uh the persona for shinji is caster and Uh, Akihiko's is Polydeusis, which is another name for Pollux. And Pollux and Castor are the two main stars in the constellation Gemini and have their roots in Greek mythology, like so many of the Personas in Persona 3. And they're actually brothers in Greek mythology. So I'm like, they really thought this shit through.
0: Yeah, no. uh, SMT dudes love their metaphors and deity well the deity thing especially they sure do love
2: that persona 3 for those of you who have never gotten the chance to play it it and maybe playing it for the first time when it comes to
0: game pass and switch and all that fun stuff
2: yeah you're gonna notice a huge greek influence persona 4 is a huge uh japanese folklore influence and persona 5 is you know you know hero thieves yes yeah you know they they tend to assign themes which you don't actually see in Persona One and Two, and I know it's not none of us said Persona One should be remade. I just want to point out I think the PSP remake of Persona One was pretty much as an idealized form of that game as it could be without completely redoing it from the ground up.
0: You're mm. I think you're probably right about that, and honestly, at this point, my main hopes for Persona One and Two for those PSP versions are like get those on that like PS plus premium tier. Like yeah. make them playable on modern hardware somewhere and, and purchasable t- on the PS5. Yeah.
2: And I can tell you right now, um, Persona 2 Eternal Punishment, the PSP remake lives never up came to out its here. name. Well, it never came out here. So for the most part, if people want to play the duology of Persona 2, Uh, Because we never got Innocent Sin on the PS1, oddly enough. So you almost have to play Innocent Sin on the PSP and then play Eternal Punishment as the PS1 version. Yeah. However, if you do know certain... I was bringing this up to Rich and Josh before. There is now a fan translation for the PSP version of Eternal Punishment that's out there. So if you have a way to play the Japanese version of Eternal Punishment on a computer and maybe you could patch it um you can now play it in
1: english uh i'm pretty sure the um the vita was also a good place to uh to grab those as well because they had uh I, i don't remember which version each of those were ports of on the vita it was the um, way the PSP that in english it was the, the psp innocent the PSP sin. and yeah yeah but but they're
2: and both then the on PHS. the same
1: console that way if you
2: if yes yes yeah um it's just, just a kind of ps1
0: version is so much muddier yes and apparently and it's weird to go from the psp1 than to downgrade for the back half to
2: yes well and from what i understand they did a lot of rebalancing work for the psp games to like where they're better and i can tell you right now i played through i never beat innocent sin on the PSP. I got maybe eight to nine hours in that game is very obtuse and even the way you talk to like the demons and stuff is very obtuse
1: yeah to where it, they kind of they moved it back to the, the not it's more smt-ish yeah it's, it is much more smt-ish with the the negotiation,
2: yeah, the they're kind of arbitrary all,
0: feeling, yeah. like very in arbitrary. the way SMT is, where it's not there's no real logic to it, it's just well, this one's nature means it wants this thing, and that thing doesn't necessarily make any coherent sense to me. No, yeah. and
2: the thing is, each character in two has a weird action, like, oh, this character can dance at the demons, this character could tell a yeah. joke, this character can sing, and like that's one reason why I would like to see the two duology remade is because I would like to see the work put in to at least make the negotiation be more sensible. Mm. Like, yeah, but it is. It's a very different type of game. Three, four and five are very much cut from the same systems cloth. One is an SMT light and two tries to do its own thing and succeeds very well in some places and falls flat on its face in others
1: yeah sure
2: you know once they fa- once they hit three though they're just like, "Oh, moody teenager's killing God, <laughs> let's ride this train until if we got off the it rails. yeah,
1: yeah, three is kind of where they kind of nailed that down, and they've been refining it since then, but that was three is what really kind of defined the formula where it is well, now. the
2: persona compendium the power of the wild card mm-hmm. also where the fuck is philemon guys we're philemon where is he
0: yeah so for anyone who is like probably a lot of people unfamiliar with the first two persona games igor the you know the keeper of the velvet room had a boss in the first two games yeah igor's middle
2: management mm-hmm.
0: yeah yeah I bet he's middle management. He has an assistant, but that's about it. And he he keeps burning through them. So I assume there's some sort of scandal involved with that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Makes sense. Kind of take advantage of uh, everything. Getting shaken up, helping you out with.
2: And it's not just Igor and Philemon. There's more people in the velvet room. There's a, there's a guy played the piano. There's like an artist. (laughs) Like there's, there's a bunch of folks that persona three budget cuts. Yeah, Yeah. Persona 3 rolls around, it's Igor and either Elizabeth or Theodore in an elevator. Yeah. Budget cuts. And then even by 4, they couldn't afford the
0: elevator anymore, so like, yo, screw it, we're in a car now. We're gonna take this meeting in our car. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then the company went under and they were all in jail in 5. Yeah.
2: It's it's crazy. Sounds like like the plot. I think we've actually solved this.
1: It, It sounded like more of a mystery than it actually was, and then we...
0: The Velvet Room in Persona Six is going to be like th- uh, an office building where a work release program is happening. Mm-hmm. Um, no, it's just on the side, side of the highway final...
1: while we're picking up trash. The final yeah. scene of Seven,
2: it'll just be set under those power lines. Perfect, <laughs> perfect.
0: <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I think the main argument I kind of wanted to get the crux of is less even so. Wh- one, I think Persona Three is the most deserving because it's the most tied to Four and Five, which are like the biguns that like. Really made that game in the U.S. Like, those games are implicitly set in the same universe. Like, there's multiple nods to that. There's slight stuff in two, but nothing insanely major. Also, Um, we
2: deserve a fresh new graphical round of people fretting over what the Evokers look like.
0: I... That's the... I wonder if they just do away with that if they were to remake it.
2: They literally, I think, just, like... Even, like, pins and stuff that you buy for the characters now, like, they have evokers. Like, I think it's just too tied to it. And also in the uh, fighting games, like, the three characters. They still characters, use them, yeah. And also yeah. in Persona Q1 and Q2 on the 3DS, they have their they evokers. They still use their
0: evokers, yeah. Gotta uh, create but, the trauma of suicide to summon your Persona. It's only persona natural. Persona
2: 5 graphics? Yeah, that evoker's gonna look pretty fucking hairy.
0: Yeah, yeah, that is... <laughs> that is something but like you said you touch up those social links and the the whole thing is if you take persona 2 duology or one i feel like if you try and add those modern trappings to it you are just changing it beyond recognition so much
2: one's a dungeon crawler don't don't touch one two you could do but that would require a lot of work and rethinking one just shouldn't be touched it's it's a very contained game it works very well for what it is. That PSP version that redid all the music and everything made, you know, everyone Japanese once again. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. You
0: it's know, different different time before.
2: Ideal form of that game. If they just re-released that PSP version on things, like yeah. maybe clean up the graphics a little bit so it doesn't look like a pixelated mess, great. HDify put, the music, awesome. Put it
0: out on PS5, get it in that premium tier and get it available for solo purchase. That'd be a great place for that. Like, just give people access to it.
2: Yeah, I think Atlas will get around to that. I think they're finally, or
0: yeah, put it on PC even.
2: I think they're coming around on the idea that there is a, a legacy
0: now to their games, and that there's a yeah. market for those legacy games. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, I think I think with this move to putting it on everything that they've been doing lately, like everything's coming out on Switch and PC, and like it, they're putting their games everywhere they can. It seems only natural that eventually they're gonna get around to you know making accessing those earlier games a lot easier again well, I also think
2: that's i think that's a big part of also being owned by sega at this point because if you look at what sega is doing with yakuza yeah and stuff like that sega is more open than most yet ja- it's pretty much as far as i can tell sega and capcom they're just like fuck yeah put it on pc put it on pc like they really don't hesitate anymore yeah, because
0: they know that that's where such a big portion of the Western audience is.
2: I played Yakuza Like a Dragon
0: originally on the PC. Mm-hmm. So did I. I reviewed it with the, at with the PC release.
2: Yeah, and you know, if, if if someone came up to you when Yakuza Five first came out on the PS3, and they said to you, "One day the Yakuza, Yakuza games are going to come out day and date on the PC." would you be like that's them? insane yeah no That that would never happen oh you mean that they'd be like you mean that niche ps3 game that didn't even get a physical release yeah
0: that's the one yeah um but yeah i mean I, I think persona 3 just is the easiest to tackle and it stands the most to benefit from that and it's the the game they would want to bring to the forefront the most because persona 3 4 and 5 just feel like this trilogy of like peak persona to me And to a lot of people, I believe it's it's where I feel like the vast majority
2: got into it. I mean, I could tell you right now I played Persona one on the PS one when it was new. I had no idea what it really was playing. It was an it was an ex of mine. She owned it. And I remember on the back of the box, it promises over 100 hours of gameplay, which is funny because I think I beat the PSP one in like 12 hours. But which just tells me that the PS one version was very unbalanced, maybe requiring too much grinding. I don't know. I
1: the PS One no
2: yeah right the summon takes an hour to watch yeah but um no like I feel like that these games have been hitting a real big critical mass like and each one does better than the other I mean SMT five sold well also like I feel like in general just Atlas's core games which at this point if you really want to put them out there it's what it's Persona is by and far the biggest seller. And then it's probably SMT and then Etrian Odyssey.
0: Yeah, I would say so. Like pure Atlas. I think Etrian Odyssey's future is rocky in a non-3DS world.
2: Yeah, they benefited from two screens for sure.
0: Yeah. Well, there you have it. Um, I mean, that went way quicker than I expected, but that's okay. Uh, well, d- I mean,
2: no, I mean, we could still talk about it. I mean, in the sense that, like, you know, we talked, we touched upon two and I do. I think two is probably this. I would almost agree it's almost tied with three, almost like what the poll said.
0: Yeah, yeah, I could um, see, I could see that happening. I just think it would be so much more work. It would
2: be uh, it would be, again, oh, like boy. an FF7 remake level of yes. we are tearing this all down. The story will have some of the same beats, but it's basically a new game. Three may almost be that at
1: this point. Anyway, though, just stitching all the versions of that back together.
0: But Um, it would
2: still be a turn-based RPG. It would still have Tartarus. It would still, it like the systems are still there. A lot of the Christmas and in Tartarus. Yes, Uh, two I do with like the whole rumor system and stuff. Like so many different gameplay stuff would come into come into play there and then persona four like let's be honest persona four has a modern version that's widely accessible now like you can buy it on steam right
0: now yes and it's still like the thing is to me persona four is not really even rough around the edges as far as i'm concerned like maybe visually it could stand from an update, but I don't really think you need to do much of anything to that version of it. It's still very expressive. It's
2: very well voice acted. I can tell you right now, yeah. that's the game that got me back into JRPGs. I bought, a I hadn't been playing JRPGs in like the early 2010s. I bought a Vita because I heard that game was good. Mm. And then it got me back into JRPGs single handedly. Yeah, like, no, that makes sense. It's a fantastic game, and I, th- I think Persona 4 Golden is probably one of the best games ever made, in my opinion. I know that's obviously the, subjective.
0: That game is so good, and I wanted a friend of mine, uh, Ed, actually, who did the music for Chomping at the Bits, uh, to play, and for he's done some other music for us in places. Uh, I wanted him to play that game so bad that one Christmas I bought him a Vita TV and a copy of Persona 4 Golden.
2: You there you go. Bought him a Vita TV, you might as well have bought him a gold brick at this point.
0: Listen, they were. It's cheap, a hell of a lot cheaper at that point than. Uh, this was the point where you could, like, walk into Best Buy and get one for, like, $25. Yeah. I have one
2: sitting around
0: somewhere. I have two in box from when you could walk into Best Buy and buy them for $25. Yeah. Nice. Like,
2: I don't think I ever used it. Apparently, you can do the same stuff that I've done to a Vita to one of those, though. That
0: doesn't but, like, surprise me.
2: You could even play. Like, rare how the Vita TV had, like, a white list of games? Not all Vita games worked on it? Yes.
0: Apparently you can get around that, too. Uh, yeah, that doesn't surprise me to learn. That thing was a weird, weird piece of hardware. For anyone who doesn't know what we're talking about, at one yeah. point, Sony put out a little black brick that was basically the guts of a Vita just in this compact form that you could plug via HDMI into your TV and sync a PS3 controller to. Yeah, imagine yeah. a Roku, you could play your Vita games on your TV. It was very weird, and they were like $100 until at one point you could walk into a Best Buy and buy them for 20 bucks.
2: And by the way, here they're actually called PlayStation TVs. It was in Japan, they were called Vita TVs. Oh yes, that's what I called it, because that's what it's called. Yeah, no, I call it Vita TV as well. So I'm just saying, for anyone who didn't know what that was, and they were like looking it up, it's like, wait, was this only sold in Japan? Nope, we had them here. For a hot minute. But yeah, they sold about uh, as much as I imagine as like the Sega Nomad, which is yeah, why they're roughly the same price now.
0: Everybody loves the Sega mm-hmm. Nomad. Um, yeah, that's I, I, I mean, I, I guess that really is like my fruition of thought on it. I really only think Persona 3 and Persona 2 are the ones that are really worth talking about in that context.
2: Yeah, but also the poll wasn't just about them. Oh, no, but that was that's what we're talking about. (laughs) Oh, yeah, but I'm saying like I would like to personally try some of the SMT games that, you know, we missed out on. Like there's a long history there. Like SMT, this SNES version got re-released on phones years ago, which you can't. Then they eventually got delisted. You can't even buy it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So like, you know, there's a history there. And I do. I feel like they're hitting like a critical mass in terms of importance as a company to where they're like oh we we should put this stuff we out. should make if this stuff like,
0: accessible yeah
2: If it's just like an anthology version like i don't need like a gussied up version of the first smt
0: but i would like to have access to it
2: yes yeah that's exactly and i would like legitimate access i want to give atlas money for this like there's fan translations out there for all these games that never came out here if i want to yeah. play if i want to play smt2 on the super nintendo right now in english i can do that but I would yeah, that's much just rather the thing. Give Atlas money
0: for it. Atlas is leaving money on the table because yeah, it, it's not just the three of us. There are other people. No, that Oh no, want to play no, this no. Thing the yet.
1: fan translations for those Super Nintendo games came out like '96. Like you're listening not, to a podcast about Not long about it after right now. the games came out, we had you know the the yeah. fan base was was there, and the uh, work
0: was way harder back then.
1: Yeah, it was. Those were yeah. uh, no goodness. I played good. a lot of really rough fan translations in the '90s. <laughs> i remember
2: playing a fan final fantasy V in japanese oh, my yeah. friends had a binder of oh. what all like how to translate the buttons, everything the yeah the menus the and, buttons yep. and like what the items were so we're like oh god what are we doing <laughs> like going yeah, yeah.
0: through them it's crazy it's insane uh-huh.
2: no so you know atlas you know and I know this is no small amount of work. Like, I'm not discounting. Like, oh, I'll just put on a translation, slap it through. Like, I know this is years of work, but you know what it is? They're a business, and I think there is money. I think there's profit to be made
0: in doing that. Yeah, it would not be a waste of resources. Like I said, it's money on the table right now. Yeah. And definitely worth the effort. Help! these fan translations exist. Find a good one. Find the, track down the people who made it <laughs> and pay them for it. Yeah. Oh, if video game companies did that, we'd have Mother Three already.
2: No, I, they're just keeping that away from us out of spite. Reggie Fizmae has the script
0: locked in his vault. Well, he no, I to still back to Nintendo. I still fully believe that um, they keep Mother Three away from us because they're afraid what the United States will do with a game that is that anti-capitalism. I think the U.S. government is just trying to keep it away from us. Yeah, because the message of Mother Three is capitalism bad.
2: Yeah, well, it's too pure for this world.
0: It's far too pure for this world. That's, yeah. Um, On that note, guys, I'm going to say we hit all the big points. So do you guys want to take a break and come back and talk about some games?
2: Yeah, yeah, I'm good with that. Yeah, I think think we hit the, the big
1: notes.
0: We'll be right back.
3: Break time. This Sunday, Sunday. at the Four Seasons Total Landscaping Arena. Sunday, Monster Truck Rally. (laughs) That's right. There are going to be lots of bitches, lots of big tough guys. Sunday, yours truly, down there at the Monster Truck Rally. And we're going to be wearing CHOP gear. Store.swordshop.com Store. You can buy lots of nice gear and t-shirts, so when you fuck your bitch in the bleachers, you have something to look at. Raw dogging in it. Oh, penny. No condoms, because we don't sell those yet. That's right, and if you look up at your Sword Chomp clock, you'll know how fast you came inside of her. <laughs> C-U-M. That's right. Here, let me tell you about my friend Dale. He's going to tell you more about the store.swordchomp.com. Dale, take it over.
0: I tell you, I went on over to store.swarchomp.com, got myself a t shirt, got myself a hat, got myself something for my dog, it was a good deal. That's right, Dale.
3: That's right. So if you're interested in repping your favorite podcast while watching a bunch of trucks slamming it into each other, head over to store.swarchomp.com. Store.swarchomp.com this Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Sunday. I like titties.
0: And we're back, and we're going to talk about some video games. We've got a, a handful of things to get to, so um, I'm just going to throw it over to Josh first, because I know you've been spending some time with the play date, and I want to hear about that. I want you to tell me words about that crank. So, oh, yeah.
2: W- so what? You're left home alone? You're just sitting at home cranking it? Just cranking it. Almost, You'd be almost cranking. nothing else. Um, that must lead to
1: chafing. Ah He's got lotion. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you just gotta
0: prepare. It's just yeah.
2: Some good gloves for all that cranking. Uh-huh. Have
0: you ever cranked uh in the backseat of a car? <laughs> uh once in Oakdale. Have you ever cranked after the late late show?
2: Wait, James Corden or the British guy or the other British guy? Yes to both. Then yes.
1: <laughs> uh okay, so for everyone who's left after that, um sick James Corden bro. the uh playdate is a uh handheld console that uh has just come out and is still currently shipping through pre-orders. Um that is a small, like, one-bit, just black-and-white display, uh, you know, D-pad and some buttons like a Game Boy-style handheld, but with a crank on the side that uh, you can use as an input. Um, like it, Wait, it, it has almost a
2: looks like one on of those it? little
1: flip-out... Uh,
2: I thought we were just talking about you jerking off this entire time. We were talking about the fact that the thing has a crank?
0: Those things aren't mutually exclusive.
2: Oh, fair enough.
1: Yes. (laughs) Um, But, uh, anyway, uh, the Playdate, when you buy it, comes with a season of games that they give you two a week of for, uh, I'm not sure how long the current season is supposed to last because they had a set number of weeks that I think got expanded because more people were making games for it that they have picked up, and I'm not sure what the total list is currently. And also, as of now, the season
0: starts once you get your console. It's not like... Yes, yes. If you get your late to the party, you just have everything in once. They still piecemeal it out to you. Yes, just to kind of give
1: you uh, something new to do occasionally with it. So you end up getting two games a week for the uh for that first season and no, uh, i just
2: have to ask before you go on now you yes. give them out piecemeal you don't lose access afterwards right no so no you, just get, like, no, an you have a list it's just okay. an expanding Ooh. list um does the thing have expandable memory or is that not even a concern like all this could run on a blender it
1: because it's all got to run it it's not really a concern um music could probably end up getting larger than anything but it's got a mono speaker in it and one bit screen like i was saying that's fairly small uh and doesn't have a lot of horsepower to it this thing is very much you know um a retro spec machine
2: um I mean, it seems like fun. I've seen a lot of stuff with it. It does, like you said, it's a retrospect machine, and it seems like a place where yeah. um, it's sort of a creativity playground based on the limitations.
0: Yes, yeah, yeah. Like, it, it does. The gimmick as well as the limitations, yeah. Yes, like, how can yeah, I use yeah, this yeah. this crank in a creative way, and also, obviously, exactly, scope-wise. Like exactly,
1: like, you can only use black or white as your two colors for making any visual style you want to uh and also the input being uh the crank it also has a um it has like buttons though an right? accelerometer like a, yes as well it has but I've, I've and a couple buttons yeah it has d-pad and a and b oh, okay um, so literally literally game, it's, a game, a, boy,
0: it's a game boy with a crank yeah. okay
1: um start start and select also or not even uh it no it has a essentially a home button that is okay. kind of context sensitive. Like if you push it down once, it'll give you access to the volume, and you know if you want to back out of the game, or uh, you can also stick the the manual in there for a couple games that have like how to play deals, um, and that's also your way to back out to the uh, to the to the home screen or take a screenshot. It, it's kind of a general purpose.
0: There's a lot uh, of heavy lifting. Yes, yeah, and,
1: and that's it? that's kind of built in as the as you know, that is the pause. Wait, you could take screenshots? that. that's actually pretty cool. That's yes, yes. I, can, that's I
2: hadn't heard that up until now. That's actually pretty fun.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'll let you take screenshots. There is, uh, eventually, supposed to be a dock so you could stream this just by docking it and and playing it that way. Um, that's Should currently they? not out yet. Um, Should
2: they also give an accessory where it acts like a Game Boy printer for your screenshots?
1: Um, I'd appreciate it. I mean, <laughs> I guess. I mean, you could print. How else am I supposed to however. look at porn? Although since it is Wi-Fi, you well, I was going to say you'd think you'd be able to just print to your to your you know Wi-Fi connected printer, but a lot of times the drivers for those things are just finicky. So I don't
0: own a printer. It's not the nineties. Yeah. Yeah, I have to go to
1: Staples like everyone else. Um, exactly. Exactly. Um, but anyway, I am seven weeks into owning this machine so far. Um, so I've got fourteen games that I've, you know, had a chance to mess around with, beaten quite Any a few standouts? of them. Uh yes, there are quite a few. Um I I assume they're gonna come out in the same order for everyone. Uh just, you know, I, I don't think they're in random order because that would be kind of weird, uh. If if they did it that way,
0: I I do believe uh, it's a set order.
1: Yeah. Um. The the first week is uh. Whitewater Wipeout, which is sort of an arcade style, surfing game that you play with the crank, basically to turn your. Surfboard. Okay. Uh, Love that title, by the way. It's a good title. It's a it's a it's a strong title. Um, and it is very much just about kind of a score attack type thing. Like, okay, um, you know, stop yourself from crashing and do tricks off the waves if you can, sort of a, sort of a thing. So just, just, you know, play until you wipe out and get a score whatever. So it's, it's, it's a very simple score attack style game, um, which, you know, some people are going to be more into that than others, but it's, it's, you know. It's fun to have just on a, you know, machine like this. Okay, well, I'll try it again, see if I can get a better score. Are there leaders...
2: Uh, sort of like, I, I have to ask, is there any, like, friend system or anything? Is there, like, leaderboards? Like, are you competing with people you know in any way? Um... I don't know a lot no? about this console I know it exists, but I just kind of never said to myself this is something I need to own so, it's a novelty yeah.
0: it's it's but, more of a toy than a thing as far as I but a cool yes. toy
1: yes i I don't think there are leaderboards let me let me actually open up that game real quick and see if it has a leaderboard I'm pretty sure it's only I'm pretty sure it's the the old school the leaderboards are on the console like so if you oh, okay. hit it to somebody else you can I, I've seen on a few other yeah, it's okay. Um, though, it's, it's not yeah. the only game on here that is very much sort of a, a score attack type deal uh, and some of them have had uh, I mean, I haven't you know, purchased you, it you, 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 you get to the end of your run and you put in your initials type of a Oh, uh, okay, because okay. I haven't
2: purchased it yet, but I feel like just listening to the internet I feel like Neon White has really uh, awakened a score attack competitive Yeah in the world again. It yeah.
0: sure did that to me and Josh
2: yeah, I need to buy Neon White, actually. It's May so May good. Maybe I'll do that it's in really the next good. couple it's, minutes. Yeah, it's, it's insanely, insanely good. good. Um, I mean, it play, it's very it's deck verified, so I can play it
1: there. But then yes, I know that's
2: not how I'm going to beat you guys. Because You I to will, with will not be doing that with a computer.
1: Yeah, play not without a mouse. A mouse. Not without win. a mouse. Um, like, I, I do I'm have not... a mouse hooked up to my Steam deck, but... <laughs> well, sounds less than ideal. Doable, then, I guess, but... um, Anyway, so... There are a few of those. Some of them are better than others as far as I'm concerned. Um, like, white water wipeout is very straightforward. You're only using the crank to, you know, aim the surfboard and then, you know, do spinning tricks off the waves and whatnot. That's not, not exactly my deal. Um, it's, you know, fun. It's not bad. It's just not for me at all. Sure. Uh, so far, of the, like, of the games that have come well, that I've played so far I don't I don't know if there're going to be more in this first season but of the ones I've played so far I think my favorite uh, score attack type game and they they there've been a handful of them um, is Hyper Meteor uh, which is a it's like an asteroids clone type of idea but you don't shoot Uh, you fly your spaceship into the asteroids that all have, um, there'll be like, part of the asteroid will be black and part of it will be white, and that's the weak spot. And if you fly into the white spot, you'll destroy the asteroid. If you hit any part of the asteroid that's black, your ship will get destroyed instead. Uh, So instead of just kind of sitting in the middle of the screen, shooting at stuff and inching your way out of the way of asteroids as they come by you're you're kind of zipping around the screen a lot to uh to do that and that one first of all i just i love asteroids to begin with but this is just a a, you know an interesting spin on it it. on it yeah yeah
2: sounds like asteroids meets icaruga
1: yeah it's sort of like that sort of like that there's so far not projectiles that i've seen think. The more talk about, like, the yeah. color matching. Like, yeah, yeah, but, but the color matching aspect of it. Like, because the asteroids... And Josh, Even, even to say... since asteroids still kind of spin around, but it's like a, just a graphical effect, whereas in this one, how fast the asteroids yeah. are rotating <laughs> is a gameplay consideration, because you need a time flying into them as... As the weak spot turns. Yeah, towards you. yeah, yeah. Um, Josh,
2: I do have to say though, I heard you playing that on the break, like oh, while yeah. we were here, and I mentioned to you. I, was, I asked you, I was like, "What's that music?" Because I guess it's it, has, really it has real good music. Yeah, yeah, real good music.
1: Yeah, there, there are that that that's that's my standout so far of like the score attack style games. But there's been a variety of other uh, just neat ones. Oh, I, I I guess I guess. I guess it's Score Attack, now that I think about it. There's also Executive Golf DX. I have
0: heard good things about this one.
1: Which is just a golfing game where you're golfing your way through an office building. Um, kind of, you know, that sort of glider scale type of a... And it's, it's. I guess, it's even smaller than that, because glider would have been like a single floor, is is the whole screen, whereas this is shrunk down a little bit so you can go up floors and whatnot. Um what is it with offbeat golf games carrying
2: handheld things? I'm thinking of Golf right? Story for the Switch. Yep. Uh What the Golf when Apple Arcade
1: came out. And yep. then now this. Yeah, it's really strong. It's it's really good. I kinda I knew this one was gonna be good. Um because I've been It's it's by Dave makes. And uh they're the guy who made uh oh what's what was, it was it was like a Tetris like block dropping game that came out. So
2: not and not
1: Facetress.
0: Gimmick Golf is just such an idea. Like there's still I, I think this is still in my backlog of things I want to get to. Mm-hmm. Um the fuck's the name of it. Uh golf club wasteland. Oh yeah. Which is yeah. the sci-fi game where the earth has been so destroyed by global warming that the rich elite have now just turned it into a golf course and we all live on Mars.
1: Yes, yes. Um I need to get around to that as well. That looks like my my sort of game um but yeah yeah I, I, like those two I, i've really enjoyed as far as like the score attack type games they've also got a bunch of like unique either narrative or you know mechanical because they're using the the crank for fun stuff type games sure um,
0: with like uh i know um, somebody made a doom port where you use the crank to fire the chain gun That perfect. Um, ultimate realization of the device.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um if if you've seen anything about this, they showed it off a lot with the uh uh time travel adventure, which yes. is that one where you're kind of moving the back robot, and forth right? through time, sort of a sort of a th- Yes, with the robot. Um that's a fun one. Kind of a neat concept. Um that gets essentially you're controlling yourself back and forth through time running through a thing, dodging projectiles and different enemies running at you that aren't moving through time the same way as you so like So you're
0: rewinding and then like you're forwarding rewinding because, like oh here's the flower. I need this here. I'm
1: gonna stoop down and pick up this flower which is gonna be your way to dodge something coming at you sure above or like oh I'm gonna I have to hop over this fence and so I have to time hopping over this thing while something passes under me. Uh conceptually sort of like, sort of, interesting yeah, yeah. Yeah it's fun. It's fun. I've I've enjoyed that one. I've not beaten that one yet. I'm like forty something levels into it it's they made a lot of levels for that thing and they get ridiculously complicated uh after a while uh trying to figure out how to dodge everything coming at you with just moving yourself forward and backwards through time to do it um yeah yeah there's some there's some fun ones uh one that i've liked so far that seems like it's going to be sort of visual novelty by way of um not not like the uh you know gal games type you know love visual novels but with that same sort of i'm gonna have to replay this a million times to get all the endings sort of that that taken from that genre uh that is um demon quest 85 um which i assumed coming off of that was going to be, you know, some sort of platformer thing from the name or dungeon crawler maybe. Uh but it is actually a Satanic Panic visual novel demon summoning game where you're sure where you uh uh having séances and you have to pick which friends from your from your high school. You've got a yearbook that you can flip through to pick which friends you want to come over and hold a particular séance uh one of your summoning each demon um and then you know like they'll ask you a bunch of questions and whatnot so it's uh, there's like it seems like there's a million branching paths to the thing um like I, i've played through it once and had a lot of fun and i kind of want to go through again and see if I yeah, can i'd be interested maybe to get some of my movies. friends killed by answering the demon wrong and angering them or something like it, yeah it, now it's just like a, an experimentation thing yeah, at that point. yeah um yeah, I've I've really had a lot of fun with it. Um cool. Like it's a lot of are like lighter games like uh even even some of the more narrative style or adventure style games. Um have, have not been super long. Like they've been a few hours.
0: Um I think that's kind of what you want out of that and I think a few yeah. a few years from now the big draw of it is going to be all the stuff people have created because they put the, oh, yeah, you know, yeah. the the development software is out there it was a, out there before the a, device out even there
1: launched. B, you can with the they with the usb cable they give you you can just directly drop a file right on the thing so anyone can on their own site or on you know like itch, itch or something, something yeah, okay. it has a huge development community yes, for it any any of those you can just grab the file throw it on the Playdate, and play it that way and i'm
0: sure this thing will have a huge lifespan in those communities yes, which yeah. is just fantastic.
1: Yeah, and they've also done a good job of having a their own little lightweight, you know, um, development suite thing, like yeah. a, kind of like a WYSIWYG uh, development tool that you can that you can is use. Is it
2: fully like web based? Like you could even it is uh, fully web-based. web based. They just put it out before it, the device even launched. Yes, but, like, yes, they even give you like a virtual system to make sure everything. Yes, works. you've got a
1: virtual system to test it on, and if you want to like then play it with a controller to test everything make sure it feels right you can like i was saying earlier just you know compile it and ship it to your playdate just drag it onto the system test it out and see if it's how That's you want cuz cuz basically cool. every every one of the systems is also a dev kit at that point
0: it's it's one of those things where when i see pieces of hardware like this and stuff out in the open i'm like it would just be wild to like when i was like 12 have access to this kind of stuff just like this yeah. fun little object that i could like make a game on and start oh, yeah, with, like, yeah learning that stuff so early it's just it, well, it's yeah. incredible i think
2: yeah of the like biggest it, it, you parts can, about that is yeah you can make that anyone could do it like it, exactly. you don't even need the device the fact that it could be purely web based and i think that's a great mm-hmm. way to address the fact that they're still shipping these things yeah yeah absolutely exactly
1: exactly um yeah yeah and you can you know code directly um just you know without using their uh um engine yeah to, to, yeah to do that um, of course and they've got like I said, a bunch of documentation on that as well of course um, yeah, it seems like there's a lot of promise. One of one of the things that I've gotten so far, like, not really a game, uh, but Boogie Loops is just a sequencer. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's like the, a, it's a fruit loop loops sequencer. Like. Yeah,
0: um, it's th- they're Fruity Loops-like. Yeah,
1: yeah, basically. So you can just kind of screw around with that, make a little beat, and have it play over and over again, um, and then, you know, save it and replay it whenever you want. And, you know, people
2: are recreating Dragon Force songs in Mario Paint, so, yeah. you know.
0: So we're living in 3099 right now, baby. It's the future. Mm-hmm. The planet is broken. We live on Mars. Oh, yeah. That's very cool, though, Josh. We'll definitely have to check back in at some point to see how more of that stuff is faring. And uh, at some point, I'm going to be getting one of those. So maybe we'll talk about it more then, too. Oh, yeah. Um, Ray, uh, here's a weird one to slam out of nowhere for everybody. Uh, I'll admit to it because I've been doing it myself, too, but Ray's the one who's really going to talk about it now. Uh, Ray and I both randomly found ourselves going back to Assassin's Creed Valhalla, a game neither of us saw through to the end, and uh, Ray just finished one of the expansions, the Wrath of the Druids expansions, and he wanted to talk about that a little bit.
2: Yeah, well, I actually started playing this because you said you were doing it, and I did see the game through to the end in the sense that when the game first came out, I played all the way through the story right away. And I did a lot of the extra stuff. Assassin. Okay, so it's worth saying I'm a huge Assassin's Creed fan, like privately an apologist. I know that the game is I know the series is actually an example of some of the worst excesses in video game development, but the act of clearing a giant checklist of icons is actually relaxing to me in a very weird way. So there's something about Assassin's Creed that I just keep on coming back to.
0: That's, I I have a similar mindset as you do, Ray, and you and I have talked about this in the past. Like, that is kind of what made me go back to Valhalla. Like, now that it's a more complete thing, I was like, I'm kind of in the mood for a checklisty thing. And I did want to get through this at some point, so now's the opportunity.
2: Yeah, and you know what? I buy the season passes for these games, but I have this horrible, um habit of not going back to them when the dlc comes out like i hmm. bought the season pass for odyssey assassin's creed odyssey way back when i've never played the atlantis stuff i heard it was good i never same played. same
0: yeah i yeah, yeah same same here for that like i honestly i'm actually at the point where i am now through two of the three expansions in my replay of valhalla because i'm just playing them as i get mm. to that power level yeah and that makes sense Ray's getting, and I are going to get into the, the the Ireland expansion here rather the Druids but I think the France expansion is like one of the best pieces of content they put out in Assassin's Creed yes, in a long time
2: now that you said that I'm looking so forward to it because before I started doing anything for this site I had actually privately been replaying through all the Assassin's Creed's Rich you might remember I've talked to you about this stuff I played yeah. through one I played all the way up to Assassin's Creed 3 Remastered I beat Assassin's Creed 3 Remastered I think I got like 10 minutes into liberation remastered and I haven't touched it in like maybe seven, eight months. Um, but no wrath of the druids is interesting because it is in some, okay. To some degree, it maybe was the game that they should have made in the first place in terms
0: of scope. That's kind of what I, there's something about just like, this is a way smaller map. Like it, it there's something cathartic about and I had messaged you privately about this when I started that expansion, about how I was kind of eager to do that piece, because I was like, alright, relatively small map when you talk about in scope of how big real Valhalla is, it is nice to look, something, look at something and go, okay, it would still be a lot, but in maybe 8 to 12 hours, I can do everything on this. And I did that.
2: Yeah, I mean, hmm. as I've said to Rich a couple times, and every time I say it, Rich is like, I don't get how you did this, I platinumed. Assassin's Creed Odyssey. I got every achievement on the base game. He's still that's not true,
0: he's making it up. He's a liar, I I
2: believe. Look it up. I have I've seen it, I don't believe it. I was gonna say I have a platinum despite only having sixty percent of the achievements. Same thing with Final Fantasy 15. Um Uh but no, the original Valhalla Britain you would think is contained, and there's one thing I desperately miss about Assassin's Creed, and that is urban environments, which is why I'm looking forward to going to the Paris DLC. And Ireland, yes. the Wrath of the Druids takes place in Ireland. It is very much a continuation of Valhalla's like loop of a very urban, post-Roman empire, dark ages. The world has fallen apart. Fallen. Falled. Jesus Christ. Falled! Fallen apart atmosphere. This guy's a teacher. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Luckily, I'm a social teacher, so grammar isn't required, I guess. That's a lie. Um, but yeah, <laughs> no so it's sort of a dark ages viking age sort of thing and it's maybe the game they should have made in the first place in terms of scope but unfortunately i do have to say it's it's so much of the same though of what you're doing in britain yeah oh it's so little stuff i mean whenever you're fighting these the druids like you can hallucinate them into becoming werewolves or they're
0: they've got some kind of magic dust that makes you like think they're werewolves it's just, it, which is, it seems almost insane to me. And at this point in Assassin's Creed, Assassin's Creed is fully willing to admit that, like, magical beings do exist. So yeah. why are they not just actual werewolves? No, but yeah. then even,
2: even with the expansion itself, it, like, at this point, I'm not entirely sure if Eivor is hallucinating it or what at this point because of where the expansion goes. But then at the same time, okay, so because I beat the base game and played plenty of extra stuff, my power level was already I was getting like the Paragon level equivalent where once in the base game you had power level 400, you could still level up, but you had finished the skill tree. Yeah. So I was getting like the little extra things where you get like little stats and stuff. So the so I'm like, I roll into Ireland at power level like
0: 409. It's for power level 90 Ireland, which is about when I did it. Oh, no. <laughs> it's Oh, it's even less. It said like 55 for me. I thought I could be wrong. I did it so long ago at this point because I also did the Paris expansion. Paris expansion recommends power level 200, which I did it at about 225. And that felt good.
2: No. So I just rolled into Ireland. I had to start using suboptimal stuff just to make it
0: feel like fun. So, So you weren't like one shotting everything.
2: Well, because, okay, so the way I played the game was because it's an action RPG now, it's not like the stealth social stealth that it used to be. The armor set I had, I had Thor's battle plate, which is all about increasing stun to things, and I was using mm. warhammers that had increases to stun on everything. So the second I would touch someone, if they didn't die instantly, they were stunned. So they're, they're, the combat became sort of a uh, just run in, light attack everything to death. Fun. And, and you know <laughs> what though? <sighs> yeah. If the story's fun, that would make up for it, but it wasn't. It was literally more the There's same. There's
0: not a whole lot going on that's unique in Ireland, yeah. You're
2: propping up
0: another king.
2: It's the same plot, it, It's just King in the kingmaker,
0: but in Dublin. You're propping up the king of Dublin instead.
2: And not even, like, but even once you prop up your cousin, the king of Dublin, you're helping the high king of Ireland, a real person, Flawn. I, I looked it up because I have to with these games. Yeah, yeah, you want to know who the real people are. Yeah, so it's a real story, and high king flan ended up ruling ireland for actually a very long time um but it's nothing special and i just feel like that's a failing of the time frame like yes the roman empire has fallen so now the world is fractured and you're helping sort of united in whatever way feels okay and it's the same fucking struggle between paganism and christianity
0: and it's the same story i'm yeah uh, that's why i think i'm at least eager to tell you that like the, the Paris story is not about propping up a king, it does deal a lot with another real person, with Charles the Fat, and um, but it's a, there's a lot more agency in terms of like the things you're dealing with with that character and kind of telling him to like fuck off if you want at one point um, you can change actually how the the Vikings who are already you know, the Danes who are already in France who you go to to help out you can sort of change how their relationship with the king is left based on your actions in a way that, like, is it going to have a significant impact on Eivor's story? No, but at least you feel a little bit more like you have say in who Eivor's character is and what Eivor would do.
2: Dude, I can tell you right now, by the end of Wrath of the Druids, it's been out for a while, so I'm not going to feel bad about I'm not All spoil it. All of this has been
0: out for quite a while.
2: Yeah. By the end of Wrath of the Druids, you're fighting a high-level catholic church
0: leader which nothing can beat the end of assassin's creed 2 when, when the, on the game pope's ends balls. when you're stomping yeah you're stomping on the pope's crotch
2: yes it's like okay i'm fighting a mid middle management catholic leader i already fought the pope it's like in the renaissance it's, in rome like you're not gonna n- beat nothing
0: that. nothing in video games will ever beat for me the opening of assassin's creed brotherhood a game with which opens with you fleeing the murder scene of the pope no not the murder scene he survived oh right 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 the attempted murder scene of the pope
2: yeah where, where you viciously assaulted the pope by probably stomping on his balls
0: and then chatted a with lot. a minor deity.
2: <laughs> yes, it, it's like Jesus Christ. It's like you fighting any Catholic church member will get like compared to that, and it will
0: always to the time Ezio fought the Pope. Yes, uh-huh. and it will
2: always lose. Always. Yeah, they just need to get away from you fighting church members because they told that story as well. And by the way, for those of you who never played Assassin's Creed 2, it's the same Pope from that show, The Borgias. It's the same guy that Jeremy Irons
0: played. And all that really happened. It's the Pope that had that fucked and had a baby with his daughter. So you're really rooting for him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, but that's uh, but that's yeah, wa- wild. Point in is, its own way.
2: Wrath of the Druids, if you need more checklist stuff, it's another checklist. It gets you new armor that looks cool and maybe looks different however i just have to say based off what i've played and what rich has said about the paris stuff i think i'm going to look forward to going to the paris stuff
0: i th- i think the paris stuff is a lot more interesting it's the narrative is more interesting um and the the main draw for me which like i'll i'll talk on the podcast of that at one point maybe we'll get right back for it too um yeah. it is the most assassins creed assassins creed has been in a long time like it takes all those rpg elements and brings back planning assassinations and assassination opportunities dude i gotta say like it's tremendous and i hope it's a blueprint going forward
2: assassin's creed syndicate i feel like was a high watermark for the series and it was the last one of those old school ones we got i really enjoyed that game as well and like you know any attempt that they do to bring that style back and meld it with a lot of the good stuff that's come along the way because they can meld it with all
0: the stuff they stole from the witcher and bring back the the stealthy bits for it because again you can be a totally by the numbers rpg and also have like these huge targets where you get those hitman ass opportunities to sneak in and kill them in one blow and get out because that's the stuff that's awesome in the siege of paris expansion
2: no and i gotta say i like valhalla fine it is the worst of that new style of assassin's creed it's
0: been diminishing returns pretty much the entire time which sucks because it's a setting i found very interesting
2: it's a setting that's very interesting, but you know what? They've done it a bunch already, and also they're trying to get away from the actual Assassin's organization because at no point in this trilogy of action RPGs have you been an Assassin? Not even no. in the Edward Kenway Assassin's Creed 4, oh, I'm a fucking pirate, and then at the end he becomes an Assassin?
0: It hasn't happened
2: in any of the games
0: now. Yes. Yeah. Seems crazy. But that's... um that's wrath of the druids everyone
2: It's um, fine if you it's... want if you want it, if you want a new checklist it it works i mean i cleared Put out that the on entire, the back of the box i cleared out the entire fucking map so that says something i spent enough time with it and i happened to get one weird achievement rich i wanted to ask if you got it i killed the only snake in ireland i did not get that that's interesting i randomly <laughs> that's fun bro- i randomly broke open a barrel and there was a snake in it. I was like, "Oh god!" And I immediately killed it, and it chimed an achievement as that's, like a St. Patrick reference.
0: That's hilarious. That's that's a good joke. I'm, that's, I'm happy that's a, with that that's an excellent joke. Oh, Whew. all right. Um, <laughs> next on the list, uh, I played a little bit of Tectonica, which uh, thank you to Firehose Games for getting this early access code to us because. Uh, in a fun change of events, this, this Tectonic is going to be launching an Early Access soon. Uh, we were given earlier access to that Early Access build um, with literally no restrictions, so I could just talk about whatever. I even streamed a bunch of it. And even uh,
2: before his earlier access to earlier access, Rich actually had earlier access to that earlier access before that earlier access.
0: And Ray was there for that earlier access. I was we were in a hotel room, and we didn't even have to early. sleep with anyone.
2: Wait, what?
0: We'll talk after the show um so yeah tectonica uh is kind of a satisfactory factorio like uh fa- third per- uh, first person rather factory game where the whole point is, is it a resource mining game where you know you're setting up machines like mining drills to turn out resources and the end result of this is you kind of want to automate everything get machines going to drill resources then have arms ready to move that to a smelter to make it in the ore refine the ore into bars and then store it somewhere and use those to you know build computers and logic engines and build things up stronger and stronger stronger those games are entertaining i really like the loop the thing for me that i really like about tectonica that is different than all those games when you look at like a satisfactory a factorio the main thing of those games is build your machines, your intricate uh, self-automation machines, and you have this big factory floor to do so. Tectonica is set in, like, a series of caves and weird biomes, so there's almost like a survival game, like, Minecraft-esque element to it, Hmm. where you're in, like, these big factories that have these computers you're trying to reboot in them, but they're in, like, these foreign, deep, bioluminescent caves and you can, you know, the environment is fully destructible, and you kind of need to build your factory around that. And it makes it way more interesting when you're, like, carving out a tunnel to run a conveyor belt through to move your ore, or um, finding, like, these caves with water in them so you could set up water wheels to power your machines. Like, there's a ton of different ways to go about it. Towards the end of that uh, stream last week that I did, I was getting, like I said, I opened into a cave where there was a lot of, like, water and there was a flowing river and I was getting schematics for like water turbines, which I I can't wait to play with more.
2: That was a lot more Minecrafty than what we saw at PAX. That whole like thing where you were able to like break into a new
0: area like that.
2: Oh yes, the
0: that I mean the roots of that stuff was there and I kinda suspected that's where it was going. But a lot more of those tools were there and this is a big (laughs) a big hang up I'm gonna give this that I love Every game that does this should have this. The tool used for, like, clearing out walls and environments in this that goes beyond a pickaxe, which can only go through, like, certain soil and stuff, is basically a fucking black hole gun. And oh, it yeah, is that, just that fun as hell good. to use.
2: That seemed pretty good.
0: Yeah. You can carve out huge tunnels really fast. There's a, um... One of those maps I love, which Josh will appreciate this, like a Deep Rock Galactic-style map yeah um so you can kind of look at it and go, all right well, I can't get out of this cave here but like forty meters up there's a whole other cavern so I'm gonna take my goddamn black hole gun and just make a tunnel and head up there and connect these two caverns
2: it looks like, yeah. like a thermal and topographical
0: map exactly exactly um and I mean that's it, it's very early access right now from my understanding the build that is currently out uh that I'm playing around with that big cave with the water I got into is um sort of all there is for right now, and more sort of biomes and stuff are going to be added as it goes, but with the roughly four or so hours I've put in so far, there's still a ton to see, and I can just kind of turn my brain off, not in a this-is-dumb way, but in like a very methodical way Uh, when playing games like these, and it's just cozy and fun, and it scratches a certain itch for me. I, I just... I like these games in general, but I never get too lost in them, and this one has... There's something special about it that's really clicking with me.
2: It seems like this one has a really good flow
0: state. Absolutely. And also, you kick things up very soon. Within, like, 30 minutes of starting, I already had at least a full one fully automated loop, which was hmm. mining drill to smelter to storage. And then eventually, you can turn that around to... I. When I finished up, I was creating... um. These sort of grow pods where all your machines, your early machines, like the mining drills and the smelter, are powered by plant fiber. So you can create um, a, a little like, soil pod to grow those plants for you, and then when the plants are grown, harvest them and feed them back into those machines to keep them running on an infinite loop.
3: Hmm.
0: And it just, uh, everything feels so, so good in practice. And like I said, very early now, I'm probably going to get some impressions up soon. Um, as I play a little bit more of that and I'd like to stream a little bit more of it time permitting but I, I think it's Tectonica going into early access on Steam soon and is definitely worth keeping an eye on
2: it seems like for how much they already have like and how early it is in development? Because again, we saw it
0: back at PAX. And there were still missing assets when we played it at PAX.
2: Yeah, and it's clear that they've come a long way since then. And this is someone who hasn't physically played it. I watched you play it at
0: PAX, and then I watched your stream. hour and a half or so. Yeah,
2: yeah, and then I watched your stream the other day. Yes, um it's amazing how far along they've come. Like I've noticed, like a lot of added detail, on like the walls and the ceilings of the cave. Uh, there's some more detail, and just in like individual objects and yeah the fact that it's like this first person game and it doesn't seem to be afraid to play with science fiction it seems to not be afraid to do and i'm not a fan of this genre but to me it all looks new and maybe it's taking things that were already done and putting together in a different way that seems very satisfying
0: yeah, and there is a sci-fi story at the root of this. Like The the environment was clearly, when you arrive once, a fully operational factory. There's computers you're rebooting and logs and stuff. Um, at this stage, obviously, the full story isn't in there, and I've only been able to unravel some very early stuff. But it's a cool sci-fi setting, and I'm curious to see where it ends up going when it's a finished product.
1: Yeah.
2: Now, Josh, um, I
0: was told
2: that once we were uh, sort of out of there rich was saying this is very much a josh game i
0: was like this is something i think josh would enjoy
1: possibly i'm i'm not uh,
0: a it's something that tells me your your brain would be scratched by that itch and i believe um i don't remember the f- i i want to say up to 4 at the very least but this all game also enables co-op um that's cool so i'm eager to at some point hopefully get the three of us in there together uh doing something with that.
1: Yeah, that would be cool. I I uh I can I I dabble in a lot of these genres, but I I do like the idea of kind of putting a few of them together in in this particular configuration where it seems like it's a little bit more um you know, t- taking things from a couple different genres to put together. It feels in, like a more into, complete uh, package. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I like that conceptually. We'll we'll kind of we'll you know see how it feels to actually play it since I've I've not gotten a chance to uh check it out yet.
2: I also wonder how nuts they plan on getting it with it because like you know these factory games just yes. what I've seen like they can any level of scope. It's like you're literally running a warehouse to the Dyson Sphere project. And yes, exactly. Uh, with exactly.
0: how quick the scale excels the beginning of this one, I can only imagine how far it's gonna go because like I said. Even as simple as refining drilling or and then refining that ore into bars is within 30 minutes. You can get that into a fully closed loop that just well, turn the lights off and let it go. My yeah. biggest
2: question is just based off for everything that I saw packs with you and then your stream the other day. Do we ever get to the surface? That's like my first major question. Do you do you think we ever get to the surface of where we are?
0: i don't know i'm curious because there's no key indication of where you are and i think the big you know finale is going to be learning what happened here where exactly are we and, and what's going on what happened to this base camp because even in the starting area oh, there's pro, an abandoned pro, base know, camp.
2: shipping shit between planets so again we, we have no idea where the scope ends up
0: yeah yeah, yeah. exactly the, the thing is it's clear that other people were here and now they are not so there's something happened here mm-hmm
2: but then also, there's kind of a disconnect with the technology. Like you have these giant drills and like plant harvesters that look well automatic, still pretty archaic. And then you have a black hole gun. So I still, I wonder. Big fan like, of the
0: black hole gun. No, it's a
2: great idea. But I'm saying there's something of a disparity. So maybe there, like, it makes me wonder: Are there aliens? Are is there like a higher level of technology? We're not and it, it could go anywhere. And these bioluminescent
0: yeah. caves are gorgeous. So they I are. don't like. It's easy to go. This is probably not Earth.
2: Definitely not
0: Earth. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. But yeah, so that's uh, early yet, but that's Tectonica. Um, Josh, I we talked about Stray last week. uh I had already finished it, already got a review up. I, you've finished it now? Yes. Yeah. It was, so was new thoughts? Let's hear what you, hear what you're um, thinking. What...
2: I need to ask: Have are they playing it on PC or both playing it on PlayStation?
0: Uh, he's playing it on PC. I played it on PS5. All yes.
2: right. CJ from GTA San Andreas has been modded and destroyed. where You play as CJ. Yes, as you can. Cat. Yeah, your
1: cat is. It's you just have the CJ model put it over. Looks it looks horrifying. It's 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 one of the worst things gamers have ever done. Which is which a hell of a stream list. The game as CJ. That's all that means. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, um. Yeah, yeah. Some new thoughts. Um. I guess, um, a lot of it, we kind of hit on before, um, the, uh, the, you're playing as a cat thing, um, I was fine with, it's, it's fun or whatever, I kind of feel like you get to the end of the game, and that falls apart, the whole, I'm playing as a cat. Um, correct. And anyway, there's stuff that happens later on in this story. I and have to ask because it's a French game. Yeah. Does the cat ever smoke cigarettes? Constantly. No. Yeah. Just, just chain smoking. Um, it is French. Yeah. Uh, no, but <sighs> I think there's one robot who smokes a cigar. I, I'm trying to think if there's any, I, it's, I, it's you might be I right though. I don't.
0: I don't remember that.
1: Yeah, it's the only one I remember. There's, there's one. It. I mean, it looks like some sort of e cigar because it's like it, it lights. So he's up, solid it's, snake. It's, it's like blue whenever yeah. he. Okay. So he's out. solid snake. Yes. Um. Anyway. Yeah, I, re- I remember seeing one robot who smoked a cigar. Um. Anyway. Um. Yeah, there's stuff that happens at the end that kind of made me think. This just narratively is kind of feeling more and more awkward that stuff keeps on happening and everyone's like go on cat you're our only hope i'm like am i really i'm a cat um and like See, I'm, I'm a cat that i'm i'm still not sure if the uh the the drone that follows you around uh is talking to you to translate from these robots or if i mean the way it looks as a player is that the robots are talking and he's got little ui element that pops up that you then read uh part of me is thinking, this cat can read. Um and that's yeah, it's that's it's why not it's the... falling
0: apart for you, Josh. You're well, asking no, too many no, questions. it's not
1: that. Because that also makes Stop sense given these threads, man. you yeah. know there are other like story element thing not story, but like hidden items and whatnot where you'll you'll read stuff just in the environment to to find stuff. Um see I I think I think that's the only way the story makes any sense is that narratively the cat can read so this is all this cats is, can read yeah it's it's been you know long enough that uh this cat has evolved to the point where it, it can read
0: um, well, also i was gonna follow up with i mean we don't know how far in the future this is we don't know where genetic engineering's at no i mean we know it's at least
1: at least 350 years in the future is, is about all we know because uh you you meet a robot who specifically tells you that they're about to turn, what, 328? Like so, some, something in that range, yeah. Yeah, and, and they're one of the younger robots. Um, it's probably a lot longer than that because some of them mention, like whenever you meet the the robot fascists later on, about how, you know, it's not that bad of a sentence. He'll only be in there for 750 years yeah um so assuming it's much longer than that that they're not taking that as that much of a yeah cats can read now they've evolved but anyway yeah there's just stuff that narratively happens where most of the story is kind of all involved with oh these these robots are doing their own thing and you're just kind of helping them here and there but then you get to the end and they're all like go on without me cat you like And it's it feels really (laughs) weird how this is their story the whole time, and then you get to the end, and some somehow it's like all falls down to you. I I I get the cat, and like it's not it's not so much that he's the cat; it's that it's it's not the cat's story for ninety five percent of the game until you get to the end.
0: I don't think it ever is, is is the thing, and maybe this is just the frame I'm looking at it for, because I I, I think what you're saying is a valid criticism, Josh, but I always kind of looked at it as, like, it's the drone story, and the cat is, like, his helper animal.
1: Yeah, but then you get to some stuff near the end, and they really frame it like the drone's been your pet the whole time, um... Which is weird. You've got a pet human, which makes sense if you're a cat who can read. I would probably have a sure. pet human as so well.
2: is this just like the video um, game version of a car bumper sticker saying "Who rescued who"?
1: Yes. Basically, like it gets but to I the like end, it. and I've, I've, it, it, it really feels less like something that actually happened than more like this is this is the robot's retelling of how their savior, the cat rescued them all that they've told their children in, you know, like another 2000 years from now uh, is kind of the way a lot of the story feels like you're just, you know, Messiah cat. Um,
0: I. Yeah, I I guess it is one of those things that like the more you pull on it, like it starts to fall apart in places, but I that ends up not mattering to me because I just think it's it's fun and like the themes it's trying to get across still land.
1: Yeah, I think they mostly do. It's just kind of the way the ending feels. Like a uh you know, riding off into the sunset sort of an ending and I'm like, spoilers. Anyway, um, it's
0: funnier if you've modded Garfield in.
1: Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously that's all he could do. They, they might not like Cowboys
2: into Heaven. CJ. Yeah. CJ on the sunset. We're only
0: a few days away from it being a little tiny macho man. Mhm. Uh-huh. <laughs> um oh, yeah can you dig it well yeah the dedicated meow button will just be <laughs> oh just like, yeah <laughs> <laughs> you um, just got to hear
2: all three of us do a bad macho man randy savage very bad very bad
0: yeah this is the kind of stuff you get here that's normally like you know premium patreon tiers, but for the next month that's gonna be nothing but foot stuff <laughs> that's right baby <laughs> soccer the glover sequel no one asked for Mm-hmm. I still don't know why they made those games about the hamburger helper mascot. No one does. Why don't they call the glove box the sock box?
2: It's where people used to put their driving gloves.
0: I know. I know why, but like... You just ask why. Thanks for coming out tonight. Yeah. Um. Yeah. um...
1: <laughs> one of those questions that answered itself. Yeah, uh,
2: that, that dead air was great. By the that's way, that's great. Two seconds. Josh will
0: Josh will fix that in post. Um, make it make it. Make so it yeah, I, seconds. I guess that's true. Uh, I full review up on the site. Um, I don't think Josh's criticisms are invalid. I still think it's a real great game. Oh um, yeah, no, I'm no sure. No, I'm, I'm sure he'd agree for the most part too. Yeah, no, I still agree.
1: I like again, like I really like the world. I really like the story about the robots that it's it's being told. There, As we said, and it know, just kind of.
0: Yeah, I'd still be up for more stories in that world, even if they are divorced from the you are a cat idea. I think it's a really cool sci-fi world. Now, yeah, that's kind of what mean, I was thinking. Cause you like,
2: don't own a cat, but Josh, do you own a cat? No. I feel like for cat people, just the podcast I listen to, I feel like people who own cats, this game is hitting like
1: extra hard. Like, ah, well, this is what all my cats do. Yeah, I mean... Stockholm Syndrome has been fairly roundly debunked.
3: They but know then they're controlling
1: still, the cat, right? Cat owners seem seem to be working overtime trying to reprove that as as a theory. That well, that anyone
2: Oh, the cat in this game what, what, destroyed
0: all the furniture, just like mine. Here's the thing I don't get because like, I've owned cats before and it's just like having a roommate who's kind of cold and distant. Yeah. And can't be expected and it's to pay fun rent. To, like you know, and it's occasionally you know, it's just like having a cold and distant roommate. Sometimes you're watching a movie, and your roommate will come and lay in your lap, and
3: you'll be like, "Oh,
2: Rich, stop talking about the times <laughs> you lived
0: with your friend Vinny. when Vinny lived here."
3: Uh...
0: <laughs> oh God! All right, that was it weird conversation um that's stray everybody i got one last one uh like Vinny, that's stray
2: everybody yeah that's stray
0: uh i played uh quite a bit of video horror society which is uh free to play out on steam and early access now um and i'm really enjoying it in a way that kind of took me by surprise so this game uh for anyone unfamiliar which is probably everyone uh it's kind of and hear me out on this because there's good reason I ended up really liking it, it's kind of a Dead by Daylight like, or like a prop hunt like. Okay. So asynchronous multiplayer. Um <laughs> where the setting is kind of like eighties inspired, like every character on the Survivor side is kind of stereotypical, you know, the punk teen, the goth chick, the nerdy girl. Um and you are squaring off against monsters. The main difference between like a Dead by Daylight where the general loop of something like Dead by Daylight is hide and fix these machines so you can escape. And the thing I ended up liking about uh, VHS a lot more is that you take a way more active role. So instead of repairing machines to make an escape, uh, there are four different weapon types. There's cursed, holy, fire, and electric. And the goal for the survivors is to craft one of each weapon type. And hit the monster with each individual weapon type to kill it. So instead of just okay. hiding and cowering and trying to escape, you are actually forced to confront the monster and take it down. Which ends up feeling a lot more rewarding.
2: That I actually like yeah. that concept. Take the Breakfast Club, give them elemental weapons, have them kill a slasher. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah,
0: and the uh, <laughs> there's three monsters with, you know. Earth, fire, water, and heart. exactly there's three monsters
2: there's
0: There's three monsters right now there's a werewolf uh which is kind of the bare bones basic one uh there is a lizard man who is similar to the werewolf but has like some sort of shielding ability and it's more into politics it's way more into (laughs) politics uh it can use pheromones to track the teens and the last one which is kind of the highest
2: politics if it's tracking teens
0: yeah, yeah, no, the Republicans. Um, and it's the uh, highest. Oh, uh, yeah, that's that's new here. Uh, the highest skill ceiling monster is the Puppet Master, which uh can't really do much on his own. But basically, the way main way he functions is he can leave these puppets throughout the map and can take control of them remotely at any time to attack the teens. So Mitch McConnell. So, yes, it, it looks like Mitch McConnell too. Look up, look up the Puppet Master, um, <laughs> and. So you basically want to find a good spot to hide in a corner and, you know, leave the puppets around the weapon crafting stations, things like that. Um, and just
2: like Mitch McConnell. This is basically just exactly it's like Mitch McConnell. Just,
1: just Mitch McConnell deep lore is, is all this is.
0: So uh, my most of my time playing the game, I haven't done a ton of monster building, but I'm playing with some friends and all the teens have different skill trees and different abilities. So we've all kind of thrown ourselves into one in particular to try and branch it out. Yeah. And I've mostly been playing as Faith, who is kind of a healer class. She's like the nerdy girl. And the reason I gravitated towards playing to her is she heals uh, allies faster. She One of her abilities, which is a godsend as far as I'm concerned, is when a teammate gets hit, uh, they get highlighted on the map for you for three seconds. Mm. So it makes it way easier to keep track of the monster. Yeah. Um, And also she's got some skins for the weapons that i really enjoy i already unlocked one one of the uh first cursed weapons you can learn to craft is a cursed sword and faith gets a skin for that that turns it into like a fucking she-ra and the princess of power sword and it fires rainbows at that point it's pretty amazing is this
2: is this uh do you pay for the skins like that did you pay for the she-ra sword
0: no there is stuff you can you can buy but there's also a ton of stuff that you just unlock as you progress
2: is it purely cosmetic or is it
0: purely purely cosmetic? But there's all like there's mods. They they probably should have. You're right. There are mods for the weapons that are not purely cosmetic, and those are all unlocked as you level. Um, okay. Same thing with the weapon types. All start with a base. Like the electricity weapon is a sort of like 60s sort of sci-fi space gun. Uh, fire weapon's a flamethrower. Cursed weapon is a cursed sword, and the holy weapon is a cross. And As you use those weapons more, you level them up and you unlock new variations that work differently. Uh, For example, in Electricity, you can get a remote-control helicopter that fires from a distance that you have to... You know, you're vulnerable while you're using it, but it makes it so you don't have to get in the monster's face yourself. Um, Yeah. The Flame... You can get a Molotov Cocktail instead of the Flamethrower. The... I believe the second-level Cursed one is similar to the RC Chopper, but it's called the um, the Eternal Eye, and you summon sort of like a Shumogorath looking ass monster that you pilot remotely and have to crash directly into the monster. Okay, okay. there there's some unique ideas. What, what's uh, the holy
2: one? Is it a different faith symbol? Does it I know a like across like a Star of David? Like where do we go with this?
0: The second one is a holy slingshot. Um, holy hand grenade. Which, but oh, the, the f-
2: <laughs> seven is right out. <laughs> the third the,
0: the third one, uh, which I'm told I, I should try and get, because it is like Faith's best friend as she is the main healer character. Um, is the holy staff, which not only is a stronger holy weapon, when you have it equipped you heal faster. So okay. you can heal your teammates faster, and with Faith you're healing them like doubly faster at that point.
1: Yeah. Is this like a permadeath type thing or like a you know Kill them I'm glad... and they lose their inventory? I'm or... glad you brought
0: this up, because this is one of my favorite elements. Um, you When you down someone, they do lose their inventory. Basically, okay. when the monster assaults you, the monster's way to win is to kill all the teens. You have At two different... Or... Have them all dead, completely like wiped Mitch from McConnell. the board. Just mm-hmm. like Mitch McConnell. Just kill all the teens. So, basically, the monster attacks you, right? You get downed. Your teammate can get you up. And at that point, you'll have a little claw mark next to you that means you are injured. Okay. Um, when you're injured, you move slower, you take damage faster, that kind of stuff. So you want to get up faster. Once you've been down twice after that, you're finally dead dead. But likewise, also, if the monster downs everyone at the same time, he just wins because there's no way okay. to get anybody up at that yeah. point. Um, but the fun twist, feeling like the most evil dead thing in the world, when you are down, you have a spectral form. Uh, which is like this sort of little floating ghost. And basically you can fly around the map in your spectral form while you're down and find this blue energy. And if you find a ton of it and fill your bar, it makes it so you're much faster to get up. Like you're basically one tap away from being revived. Okay. When you die permanently, you can also enter the spectral form and find on the map an item that can only be found when you're permanently dead, which is the Book of the Dead. If you find the Book of the Dead, you can ping it so that your other teammates can see it, and they can use the book of the dead to revive you as a zombie.
1: Okay, is a
2: zombie use It does
0: not change any of its abilities. It just it's so you can take another swing at it and get a teammate back, but also when you're a zombie, you make a lot more noise so the monster can hear you oh, easier.
2: So there is sense. a drawback. Okay. Yes. So the second what's, what's, chance isn't guilt-free.
1: What's what's I mean, you said you know to to when you've got to hit the you hit the monster, monster with one with, of each weapon type. One of each weapon type. What's to stop the monster from just permanently constantly attacking you? Do you like get stunned or knocked down if you take too much damage? Like if you were just you know The going monster
0: ap- is basically just doing straight pursuit isn't going to do it much good. Yeah. As well if you've already hit it with a certain weapon type, there's basically always a reason to craft a weapon because let's yeah. say. Well that's you, what I was curious
1: about if like if if you know you can damaging stun them the by hitting them matter. with a weapon,
0: yes. Like Let's say you and I both start the match, Josh, and we both craft a cursed sword. You run out and hit him with it. Uh, All right, that's taken off the board, but I still have that sword. I can still stun him with that. And towards the end of the game where he's ambushing you, a lot of the time the best tactic is to go, all right, I'm going to stun him, and now while he's perfectly vulnerable, you hit him with the cross, which is a weapon that's a lot harder to hit him with because they all behave differently. Yeah,
1: I was curious what sort of was to stop the
0: boss from just kind of running at you constantly now, wait. B- base, I have to, basically he doesn't have the stamina because he'll get ambushed if he tries to stick around yeah. so he wants to move quick and use ambush okay. tactics on you I that for- makes sense
2: i forget if you mentioned this before is someone controlling the b- monster
0: yes it's asynchronous multiplayer asynchronous someone is playing so as does the
2: monster. the monster level up also did they have like a talent tree
0: um i believe so yes
2: you have I haven't pe- played. I haven't have played a
0: ton of the monster that. yet. I played like one match as a werewolf to kind of get a feel for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't like, but I'm fairly certain there are talent trees for the monsters as well. And when
2: you queue up, can you queue up as I want to be the monster
0: or yes. I want to be a player? You you're queuing up either as a teen or as a monster.
2: That I feel like that's the best way for these things to do that. Like the evolves the Friday the thirteenth. Oh, also
0: the, the other fun part of it is. Uh, When you are in queue, it shows five teens. One of the teens is secretly the monster, and you don't know who. Oh shit! So it's
2: like secret Hitler on top of it.
0: The the werewolf also has an ability where he can he starts the match as a teen. Yeah. And he has an ability where he can disguise himself as a teen temporarily, and he'll spoof himself by appearing as one of your teammates, like with their name above his head and everything, when he's in teen form. That's cool.
2: So he's like the spy from Team Fortress for half a second. Yeah.
0: That ability's not very long lived, but with that in mind, when all the teens start, there's a chance somebody starts very close to the monster.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Cool. This sounds like but a yeah. it sounds actually like a lot of fun. It sounds it's- like it has like that same level of uh irreverence yet having reverence for a lot of like that 80s slasher movie source material
0: it's very 80s like you said the cast of the breakfast club fighting a monster in fact the talent tree stuff for the uh teens all focuses around um it's called video horror society or vhs if you didn't pick up on that um where all of them have a trilogy of movies like faiths are romance movies for example and they all have like a list of here's the things you need to do to finish out this movie and then you unlock a unique ability for finishing that movie and you unlock, uh... I I think you get a unique ability and a unique skin once you finish the trilogy. I mean, put
2: it this way, if you kill something with fire, you should get something called 16 Candles.
0: Yeah, no, that should 100% be a thing. Uh, it's also got a fun uh, uh, thing with (laughs) with how customizable the skins are. It's really easy to, uh, spot a pervert because they'll be playing as Jess with no shoes on.
1: Yeah. So Rich,
2: were you playing as Jess with no shoes on?
0: No, but I did tell my friend John to do it last night as a joke. I was like, "Show me them toes."
2: (laughs) Okay, since you're the one telling him to do it, you're just as you're you're Uh somehow no. It's
0: him. He's the monster. But yeah, I definitely intend to play a lot more of that because it is the one thing I will say, and I hope they get a fix for it soon. Is uh, because of the two separate cues sometimes at peak hours queue times can get annoying (laughs) like Mm. they can get up to like 15 to 20 minutes so it's kind of become one of those things where like i'm doing something else while we're queuing for this
1: yeah i'm I'm, you'd think they'd add a queue me for whatever is needed option at some point to to address that
2: i played mmos
0: for years as a damage dealer so i'm used to that oh yeah there you go one one would hope so but it be like the the bright side is if you're sitting down solo and you just want to get in queuing for the monster means you're going to get a match in two seconds
1: okay
2: i mean but also you're just helping out here evangelizing this because
0: oh i after, want to write i'm after, i'm gonna probably write something for the site because i want to get the word out about this after more so. all
2: the sword chomp fans hear about this game this game will have nine new
0: players and there's no reason to be an <laughs> asshole. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I, it's nice if you to inflate the number, but <sighs> that's almost two full matches.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, but yeah, it's free to play. Uh, it's on Steam now. I believe it's on console as well. Uh, Hellbent Studios. I believe this is their first game. But I'm in. I'm enjoying the hell out of it.
2: I think it's a market yeah. I think it's a genre rather that's still ripe for uh exploiting in the best possible way. I think there's a lot of good ideas to be had in this type of game. I feel like Agreed. Only, I feel like Evolve was almost beef ahead of its time.
0: Definitely in some ways. And like I said, the biggest drawback I think of games like Dead by Daylight with is your role as the survivor in those games feels too passive and the change of mm. Having a way to fight back against the monster makes you take a way more active role that feels way more satisfying. Yeah. Well, Alrighty then. Uh, I think we got it for games, so why don't we take one more quick break and then I'm going to come back with uh, patron polls. Woo! Psst, Shay! Shay, you there? Yeah, what's up? I don't know if Josh can hear us. I hacked into his edit of the podcast so we could plug the other shows. Quick, you got to tell me what kind of new shows we have on the horizon. What's going on? What's in the feed?
3: Okay, so it was like I was saying to my friend the other day that freedom isn't free, bitch.
0: That's (laughs) a reference for no one, but that is hilarious.
3: (laughs) (laughs) But that's not why I'm here. That's not why I'm here. I'm here to tell you about new episodes of Evoking the Sublime. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that podcast that I recently got three new episodes up on. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for pitching that, man. Thanks for plugging that. No,
0: I am legally obligated to.
3: Well, I heard you got some episodes up on uh Chomping at the Bits.
0: Yeah, that's true. Uh we got a new one up on Kirby where we talk about all about his history, his first two games in depth and his just general facts about him overall. Oh, oh, shit. Here comes Josh. Uh Josh, we were just we were just telling the people about uh Chomping After Dark and nothing else like you requested. Maybe maybe you could tell them a little bit about that. Chomping After Dark. Yeah, Yeah, you you remember that. Yeah, you know that one.
1: While I'm editing, how how did you get here?
0: It's not important. The point is, Chopping After Dark is a show where we spoil video games and sometimes movies.
3: I heard we do comic books occasionally and TV shows, too.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's true. Occasionally we do do those things.
3: Yeah, and you said (laughs) doo-doo. I did say doo-doo. It's funny because it comes from your butt. (laughs) That's right. Um, Well, anyways, Josh, we'll let you get back to editing. Sorry about interrupting you.
0: And we are back, guys. Thanks for hanging in there. Back uh, again. Shorter show today. But I just wanted to, since it's the end of the month yet again, uh give patron shout-outs a whirl. So we got a big thank you to all our patrons this month. Uh shout out to Sandwich, Bernadette, Matt, Cy, Beefy Gamers, Bebop, Josh L, Justin, Paul. Zalbi, Tani, Amber, and Fletch. Thank you guys. Uh, we didn't do an ornate one because that's what Shay does. We put in zero effort. Exactly. Um, exactly. That's our Shay, thing. Shay All the thanks you the guys the are, are worth.
1: He just we zeer- make him. Zero, not, I'm, I'm, I'm taking this too far. I was, I was really. Gone, you yeah, made it, it hateful now. Yeah. Yeah. Careful, yeah, yeah I was thinking you guys money. So I was thinking playful nigging, and it's, it's gotten into you
2: just went, it's too much. You've we turned still it into a toxic relationship, and now they dump you horrible
0: yeah. we still we still love you guys thank you guys you're the reason we can keep the lights on and keep doing all those other fun shows i mean i, ta- as I talk well to some as well as them
2: on discord it's uh, the people i've talked to i've talked to si i've talked to Justin. we're really great people
0: we're mm-hmm. really sorry about ray um But yeah, this is always delightful. We're happy to keep this going. Shay will be back next week, so you won't have to listen to my annoying voice as much anymore. But if you want to listen to it, there's other places to do so, like Chomping at the Bits. We have other shows, like Evoking the Sublime. All at swordchomp.com, we have articles from myself, from Ray, from Shay, even from Josh occasionally. Despite Josh only contributing one real article, I think it's the best one on the website. He's
2: translated an entire goddamn language. He is his work i bring this up whenever i can just because like the amount of the amount of effort i i'm i'm still blown away when i look at that it's fucking he's an
0: insane person and we love him for it and we love you guys please keep supporting us please keep tuning in Uh, Beg a little harder i love begging please help me i don't want to have to work hard um it's true rich rich hates his day job I hate it so much. I did it all day and now I'm here and I love this even though I want to go to bed. But uh, we got to get the fuck out of here. So thanks again. We love you all. We'll see you next time. Josh, thank you for being here as always. Ray, thank you for taking time out of your schedule to hang out with us.
2: Oh, my busy schedule, where I
0: have no life. Pleasure to do it. <laughs> all right. Let's get out of here, guys. Good night, everyone. Good night.